its roof purely Arab, a wooden stalactite ceiling of which any mosque would be proud, and better still, the huge 12th-century mosaic of Christ Pantocrator at Chefalu, the greatest advertisement for Christianity that I know anywhere on earth. Once I had seen them, I could not get those Norman monuments out of my mind, and on our return to London I made a beeline for the London Library. To my astonishment, there was practically nothing in English. I did find, however, two volumes entitled Histoire de la Domination Normande en Italie et en Sicily, published in Paris in 1907 by M. Ferdinand Chalandon, who described himself as an archiviste paleographe. M. Chalandon had done his work with exemplary thoroughness. He had studied every source trawled through countless monastic libraries, produced footnotes, bibliographies, even, rare indeed in French books of that date, an index. The only thing he had signally failed to do was to see the point of anything he had written. Fact succeeded fact for about six hundred pages. Never once was there a suggestion that he found anything beautiful, surprising, or especially noteworthy. The result was two volumes of quite stultifying boredom. On the other hand, he had done virtually all the spade work. All I had to do was to make it interesting and readable. Still, it was a challenge, and, as I saw at once, a full-time job. There was nothing for it but to resign from the Foreign Service and take up my pen in earnest. I have not really laid it down since— but it was my own two volumes on the Norman story that gave me the start I needed. While I was working on them, I was regularly asked their subject. Only once did I run across someone who had any idea what I was talking about, and fifty years later I still ask myself the same question. How can it be that such a wonderful rags-to-riches story involving the very brothers and cousins of those Normans who made short work of the English in 1066 is still so little known in England. Nowadays, with so many people going to Sicily for their holidays, the situation is probably a good deal better than it was, but the vast majority of tourists are far more interested in taking photographs than in listening to their guide, so I wouldn't be too sure. I was still working on the first volume, The Normans in the South, it was to be published in 1967, when I was asked to make a documentary on the subject for BBC television. Today it seems scarcely believable that it was in black and white, but so it was, and though not very good, perhaps not too bad for a first effort. Things were not made easy for us. The elderly priest in charge of the Palatine Chapel, Monsignor Potino, was determined to frustrate us at every turn. First he refused to allow us any lights, on the grounds that they would melt the plaster in which the mosaics were set. We argued that we only needed thirty seconds or so, and the lights would be off again long before the plaster could possibly be affected. Then he looked at our tripod. No, no, no tripods in the chapel. They might scratch the floor. We forbore to mention the hundreds of stiletto heels that came in every day, but produced a device called a stretcher into which the tripod legs were set, leaving only a smooth surface to touch the floor. Unimpressed, Monsignor Potino continued to shake his head. Never was there a word of apology or a suggestion of a smile.
At this point, our director, who spoke beautiful Italian, lost his head. This man, he said to my acute embarrassment, pointing to me as he spoke, is a viscount. He is consequently a member of the House of Lords. When he returns to London, he will report to the House on the way in which he has been treated. Monsignor Portino looked at him pityingly. Io sono marchese. I am a marquis, was all he said. It was game, set, and match. We knew that we were beaten. That Monsignor was the only really unpleasant Sicilian I have ever met. But nowhere on the island, it seems to me, does one meet with the sheer unbridled jollity of the mainland. And there is something else immediately noticeable, particularly in the villages. The curious absence of women. They are seldom seen in the cafes. These are entirely dark.